Socialization in your dog training. Let's talk about the big picture approach. I'm Ken Steve. I'm Cal McCann. Welcome back to McCann Dogs. So the other thing uh, you might notice in the chat is we have a very, very helpful helper. Uh, Dan. He's a helpful helper. Lots of links, Luton. You guys, if you've been here before, you know who Lots of Links is. He is uh, going crazy in the chat, making sure that uh, you know you get as much access to the resources that you might need. Um, but I love going, and if you've been here before, drop a toot toot in the chat. If, you, if you're like a long time passenger here on the train station, just a little toot toot, and I'll know where you're coming from. But one thing we know, <laughs> one thing you know I love to do is go to our satellite feed of Dan the Man. And uh, I, I, uh, I, I, last week it was a little bit turned, or two weeks ago it was turned sideways. I screwed oh, up yes, the wiring. that's right. I fixed it. Did you? It's been fixed. Oh, thank gosh. So let's go live I to Dan. I only want to see Dan straight up. I know. Let's see, let's see what's happening with Dan. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, he may be taking some of these precautions. Um, I, I don't, I, I mean, it just makes sense. It also that. keeps him from licking his stitches. Mm -hmm. So it's quite helpful. Oh, and Dan. you know what's even more impressive? It's, I can't believe his head fits in that thing. I know. <laughs> Pretty impressive. What's even more impressive is how much he's typing in the chat and, and with the cone on. Like, that's impressive. I can hardly type, you know, with all of my digits available in, in a clear you type line of your, sight. Your pointer finger, sweetie. That's good point yeah yeah it's a good point the other thing you know we <laughs> you love to do if you're long. joining us here in the train station is a big fat roll call i want to know where you guys are joining us from i've seen some people that have, have been dropping it in the chat Yay! already and i Way actually see a of couple of people that say first timers oh as well, yeah which is so awesome. very cool i see angie angie richards let's see here angie's a first timer yay thanks for joining us here angie so we see i can see a few more it's hard to keep up with the chat sometimes but what we do, if this is uh, your first time here, is uh, we'll deliver some information, go to your questions, deliver some more information, and we'll see if we can try to keep up. Um, but it can be a challenge. As you can see, the chat is rolling by pretty quickly. But um, I, I want to say hello. This is romper room time. Did you put your train up? I want to say, yeah, I did. It actually rolled by. Oh. Uh, so I see North, Northwest Indiana. Oh, boy. It's going quickly. Greensburg, Indiana. Rhode Island, Ohio. Orange County, California. Thanks for uh, coming back, Jennifer Dentino. Um, Kathy Beck. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's going fast. Connecticut. Orangeville, Ontario. Linda, thanks for nice. joining us. Um, second time, Helen says, uh, from Eastern Washington State. Marla's nice. coming in from California. Uh, homie John from Phoenix, Arizona. Diane, Diana from Florida. Ruth from Pennsylvania. Michaela from Georgetown, Kentucky. Oh, boy, it's going so fast. It's hard to keep up. Um, Beth from Michigan. Connie from sunny Florida. I'm jealous, Connie. It, uh, it sounds beautiful oh, down there. Yes. Uh, it's quite like overcast. It's getting better here, here though. Canada. It's getting better here. Oh, Susie from rainy Manchester, UK. Nice. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us here in the train station, Susie. It must Susie. be late there. It's quite, yeah. I think mm. we've, sort of, we've asked this almost every time, but I think it's five hours. I think mm -hmm. she's, it might be like half 12. Is that a thing? Is That's that how they say it. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's dive in. Let, let's, let's start talking about socialization and probably the biggest mistake that people make mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to socialization. So why don't we sort of take that as our jumping off yeah, point? Yeah, absolutely. So do you want to start with that? Yeah, um, 
So lots of times, especially with people who get new dogs or they have young dogs, puppies, socialization is a real focus for people. And um, what we wanted to do is just sort of give you a broader idea of what socialization you're socializing your dog actually means so that you can set your dog up for um, for a lot of success. Um, you know, most of the time when you think about socializing dogs, the very first thing people go to is dogs playing with other dogs. And that's like one small small, 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 small piece of socialization that in our opinion when we have young dogs is actually not super important. Um, the bigger thing is to socialize your dog more um, more broadly. So, right. you know, things like getting them to expose to new places, new sounds, new surfaces, new people. Um, those types of things are really um, where you should be starting. Socializing with other dogs is a very tricky subject and it can be done very well and it can also be done horribly so we want to educate you guys today on what we've learned is sort of the kind of a a good way to go about this based on our own experience with our own dogs and also the thousands of dogs that we've seen come through our classes because we've seen lots of um lots of different situations um in things dogs that have really improved through socialization again not specifically with dogs but just broadly um and then also on the flip side dogs who have had poor socialization experiences maybe with other dogs or dog parks or what you know just walking down the street sometimes and you know sort of what that can do to your dog and also with what your what can happen with your relationship with your dog so we thought this would be a really important uh topic to take to talk to you about tonight if i could speak that would be really helpful for this live stream it's gonna be a long show long show <laughs> i will guys. get better i promise so i i was just as you were talking there i was just thinking a lot of you guys uh, may be in a situation with all that's going on in the world right now uh that you're gonna have a little bit more time with your dogs you're going to be able to focus a little bit more on working with them the challenge might be that you're not able to get to some of these uh, busier environments so we know and when it comes to socialization that it's sort of in layers so uh why don't we just sort of cover like a handful of things that we socialize dogs to Mm -hmm. and then we can maybe talk about some specific situations that you guys can focus on can you set aside this question uh yep yep um Yes. So when we have uh, puppies or if we have older dogs, um, we try specifically to expose our dogs to lots of different things when we feel that they're ready. So if we have a really young dog, um, I'm a little bit apprehensive to take my young puppy, like say under four months, on um, on a walk, for example. And that's usually really shocking to people. We don't walk our baby puppies. Um, Yeah, not at all. We, because, you know, I don't really, before I've really established some control and some relationship and some trust and bond between me and my pup, I don't necessarily want to expose them to loud trucks or new people and dogs on the street that I might not know and those types of things. I'm going to really build a lot of value on me and um, um, relationship building, all that kind of stuff, just me and the puppy. Um, But what I am going to do when I have that young puppy, once it has its proper vaccines, of course, is I might take the puppy different places and I might, you know, let different people say hello to the puppy or give the puppy some treats or, you know, those types of things. I actually focus a lot more on people and places and things right. uh, first before I deal with other dogs. And there's a couple of reasons why we do it this way. Um, number one is we find that dogs will bond to dogs very, very, very quickly, which can be good, but also can be really challenging when you're trying to um, establish some type of relationship with your with your dog. So for example, when we have um, 
a new puppy or if we we actually have, have brought in an older dog into our pack a few years ago um, we did a lot of um, isolation so we have all of the dogs that are used to being together and then we have the puppy separate and we spend a ton of one-on-one time with that puppy or that new dog building a bond doing some training teaching the puppy that you know the sun shines out of our ears and that they really really like it so that when we're challenged by having a dog there as a distraction the dogs already had many 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 repetitions of choosing us and being rewarded for that without too many distractions or competition around so that's something that we really focus on um, yeah, and remember, you know, your puppy, those dogs speak the same language already. And mm-hmm. we're really trying to teach our puppy or our young dogs in training to listen to us, to understand what we're uh, trying to tell them, what we're trying to ask of them. So don't mm-hmm. make it any harder on yourself than it already is. Yeah. Um, and so then we'll, um, setting the dog thing aside for a second, because we'll go back to that and speak about it in depth. Um is the you know sights and sounds and things and and places those types of things um again i'm going to be really careful it's really important when your puppy is especially if you have a puppy that's young and and even if you have an older dog that maybe isn't super confident that every new situation that you put your dog in your puppy in is going to be one that is positive or if it if there's a possibility of not, it not being positive, you making sure that you have a really clear out. Yeah. Um, because we need to be our dog's advocate. And at the end of the day, we want our dog to feel really comfortable and confident and secure when they have us with them and that they don't feel like they need to be the one to kind of set the tune or be protective or that type of thing. We want them just to sit back and relax knowing that we're going to take care of all of those things for them and we're going to keep them safe. Now, that doesn't mean coddling the dog or um, rewarding, you know, worried behavior. Behavior. It just means, you know, being confident and making good choices so that our dogs are are being able to be set up for success. Um, when we have young dogs, you know, uh, Ken and I live, you know, not really in the city. We live outside the city. Um, so our dogs, you know, we don't have sidewalks or anything like that. Um, we do have people around our house, but not a lot. So we try to make a special effort to expose our dogs to different things. So, you know, when our, especially when our dogs are young, we throw them in the car. We take a quick uh, car ride down to, you know, downtown Burlington or Dundas or whatever it happens to be. And um, we'll just walk the dog around the town. We'll get them around people. We don't even necessarily interact with people we just get them around the different places and sounds we did that a lot with beeline our youngest dog um just to expose her to different things and initially she was a little bit overwhelmed by it so we sort of um we did it very calmly and very slowly Mm -hmm. as she started to get more comfortable and initially i didn't really worry about her interacting with people or things because that was a bit too much for her and as we started to experience this more you know, she was like, okay, we've done this five or six times. I think I'm pretty more, you know, I'm more relaxed. Then we would start to incorporate having more people saying hello to her and different things like that. But we sort of let her dictate the pace. Uh, but at the same time, we were always headed towards how can we build this up? How can we make it more successful? How can we find growth here? Right, absolutely. Um, I, I think uh, we were just I was just shooting a video with instructor Lauren um, a few days ago. And she, um, in if, you're, if you have a small breed dog, so especially a small breed puppy, Make sure you check out Saturday morning's video. It's 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 for you. It's exactly uh, we have so many people on the channel that are saying like I wish you had more stuff for small breed dogs. 
Now, this is going to be your opportunity to check that out. But uh, at, at one point, um, when Lauren and I were chatting, when we were shooting the video, she mentioned, you know, think of socialization as confidence building. That's really what you're doing. You're giving your dog all these experiences to build more confidence. And that's, you know, changing your frame of mind because we think of socialization of, with being social with other uh, uh, humans, you know, in, interacting and engaging uh, with other people. But for dogs, it's not, that's not their, the focus. That mustn't be your focus if you want to have some expectation that they're going to listen one of the um it's funny we'll, we'll get um students you know we have all, all kinds of grade one students and grade one and our, our my dog camp program is kind of the same thing but grade one is our uh like family dog obedience walk on a loose leash come when called sit and stay all that stuff so uh we'll see a dog who really struggles in uh when they're working on like their stay for example or walking on leash they're really interested in visiting with the other dogs and that handler has to you know work a little bit harder or, or we'll give them some advice to to get um to, to for them to be successful but what we some what we'll find and this is this happened to me just the other day was the uh, owner said oh you know uh, actually to tire her out a little bit i let her uh, go play with a bunch of other dogs because i thought that would help me out uh, and now he has the expectation that his dog is going to remain in at his side and not be distracted by those other dogs when she's just had 25 30 minutes of being rewarded by playing with chasing uh engaging interacting with all of these other dogs what are your expectations do you expect that your dog can walk on a loose leash and not pull when another dog comes around if that's your goal then you really need to think about how am i going to set this up how am i going to make it so that i'm more valuable your dog ultimately will here's the thing your dog ultimately will have these opportunities to interact and play with other dogs. However, they need a foundation of listening first. You mm -hmm. need to know that you can be successful. And socialization is a big, big part of this, making them comfortable with the experience of new places, of uh, being around people. All of these things are really, it's building blocks. Mm -hmm. And you need to focus on the foundation. And socialization is foundational training for your dog. I think it's really important to say, like, what we're suggesting to you is not long term. This is just while the dogs are, are young or inexperienced or new to you, we want you to really create a really solid bond and focus and some training and control first before you really focus on letting the dogs go play. Um, you know, this afternoon I went on, um, you know, my my family has a, a very big property where our training school is, like 22 acres, and myself and three other instructors took all of our dogs on a huge walk, and I think we had five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven dogs with us, all off leash, and, um, you know, they were playing together and running together, and, you know, every couple of minutes, we would practice calling, you know, one dog back and rewarding them and then sending back out, and then we would yell, lie down, and all of the dogs would lie down in the field, okay, and then we'd let them run around. So even though they were playing and having a, just a whale of a time, at the end of the day, if we needed or wanted control, we could do that. And the way we were able to accomplish being able to have that much control is because we didn't start out by letting them play with other dogs and just sort of taking off in the field and ignoring us. We would go out individually with them or go out with them on a long line and work on calling them back to us away from a distraction and teaching them what our expectation was and how to do it successfully so that the value was more about us over and over and over and over and right. over again until our dogs basically said, ooh, and I come back to you, great things happen I prefer to be with you and then once we got that over um, out of the way then we would let the dogs go and have a little bit more freedom I think people um, forget that um... 
Dan, a whale of a time. You always come up with new say, uh, sayings. Yeah. Okay. That was a good one. Isn't it? Is that not what it is? Let's have a whale of a time. Is that not what you're saying? Uh, it, I think that's a saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, now I forgot oh, what I was saying. <laughs> Daniela dropping the super chat. Deegan rolling in on the uh, Texas 2104. That's what I'm going to call that because I know that's a train name. Thank you for the super chat uh, from Daniela. So, Daniela asks, how can I keep my 13-week-old Aussie entertained while I'm working from the home office? She's pretty well behaved, but I hate leaving her alone. Now, this is a really common thing that we mm. hear, Danielle, and this is uh, um, this is going to be that opportunity for you to uh, oh, and see Ellis, see Ellis dropping, thank you, dropping the, the the super chat. Thank you very much, a longtime train station passenger. Uh, thank you very much for the super chat. So. Uh, Talk, talking about management with your puppy. Oh, let's see, there's Beeline. Isn't it fun? She's the so different cute. dogs will just Look pop at that up little the face. So let's talk about Daniela's question. Yeah. Can you fire away on that one? Yeah, and for sure. Grab this stuff? Um, so keeping them entertained at home while you're in the office. You know, when you're at home, it can be really easy to let the dog you know, sort of be free all the time. But if you're busy and you're doing stuff, it you know. Think about what your puppy's doing to entertain themselves. You know, if we want to let the puppy have some free time, typically we try to do it at a time when, you know, we're not um, really invested in paying attention to something else. Or I might get a Kong or I might get a bone and put a long line or a leash on, you know, pull the bed, a dog bed close to where my feet are, step on the leash or the line so the puppy has sort of a small space to roam around. And uh, see if the puppy will just learn to chill and lie and chew on their bone or play with their Kong. And if a few minutes go by and the puppy's just really busy, I'll either, um, you know, get up and address it or I'll just put the puppy in its crate for a little while. Set, take them up for a pee and then maybe try again a little bit better because I do want my puppy to learn to chill when I'm in the house. And then I might take a break from work and go and do some training. I might do some tricks. I might do some things that really stimulate the dog's brain. I might do some tugging. I might do some retrieving, things that are active. And then usually the puppy's pretty relaxed. Make sure you give them a good uh, potty break and then bring them in and either pop them back in their crate or revisit the chilling out on the bed at your side again now that the dogs you know exuded some energy and used their brain um that's sort of what i would do honestly when we're at home and we're Working in the office, though, um, if we can't give the dog full attention, we will just pop the puppy in their crate for a little while and then just take breaks often, take the pup out, walk yeah. them, interact with them, do what a, some what training. What a great way to break away from yeah. whatever you're doing, <laughs> writing best, emails or whatever. Oh, it's, yeah, puppy it's play, yeah. uh, and then put them away. And as the dogs get a little bit older and they start to get more training, you'll find you have to do that less and less because the dogs will have the ability to kind of chill out and go and lie down and relax until you're ready to get up and do something with them. But sometimes that can be really challenging for a puppy in 13 weeks that's really yeah. young still yep. so i would just do it in really small spurts so uh i want you to focus on quality time not quantity of time and you'll see all of our trainers um we have a lot of puppies at, at the at the we training do. hall right now like so a lot puppies. of puppies but what you'll see is those trainers will get that dog out and they will do something engaging interactive something uh you know training or exercise or something with that dog and then the puppy's ready especially at 13 weeks the puppy's ready to have a rest yeah so uh you know work your butt off have some fun we have a so many puppy training videos here on the YouTube channel that um, that you're going to find super helpful. You'll be able to do some of those exercises, pop the puppy in their crate, go back to work for a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe preemptively uh, go back to the crate and, and get your puppy out again and take them up to go pee and, and start the training session again. But breaking it up with the crate is so, so helpful. I want to jump into, um, let's actually, let's talk a little bit about these two. 
Let's talk about um, two of the other uh, things okay. that, that, that uh, we, we focus on when it comes to socialization because I've seen some dogs develop, you know, uh, some struggles when it comes to things like new surfaces. And, and specifically, have you ever seen this? Have you seen a dog who you'll be walking down the sidewalk or down the street and the dog will completely avoid something like a manhole cover? Mm-hmm. It's pretty common. Or you a know, grate. Or, or a grate or something like that. Yeah. So we know that part of your socialization process, whether it's a puppy or a young dog in training, needs to be surfaces think about getting your dog moving them around on some of these surfaces and while you're doing that make this as positive as an ex- uh, of an experience as it can be but also do some training do some training in these situations so that your dog really understands that all of these things around me can change that uh, you know uh, the environment or the uh, whatever uh, st- stimulus stimulation that's around me in my environment uh, can change but the expectation is always the same, that I listen, that I work with you, that you are someone, in, I'm speaking about you, that you are someone that your dog can look to for information. Um, but moving your training around on something as simple as new surfaces can be really, mm-hmm. really effective. For pu- for puppies, for puppy training and young dog training, we'll often get things like, we'll put like, um, you know those like expanding baby gates? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like it looks like an accordion. We'll play, put those down on the ground and we'll literally just walk the puppy around on top of those things. Or like tarp sometimes it'll be slippery and it'll be a little crinkly. Um, just sort of exposing them to different things. But also there's like in-house things that sometimes people need to approach cautiously depending on the dog. Like vacuuming your house. I know sometimes puppies for the first time when you turn the vacuum on are like, whoa, what is that? Um, we've had dogs react two different ways. We'd have, we've had some dogs that are a little bit taken back by it yeah. and we have a couple border collies that want to attack it um, because it's stimulating and it's exciting so we've had to work through both of those things so um, you know there's lots of objects there there's household things there's um, footing you know open stairs can be a really hard thing for dogs to do sometimes you know the stairs that don't have the backs to them yeah um, you know taking that uh, taking that slowly um, one of my best tricks for teaching stairs is to go down instead of up first and to pick your pup up and let them just put them on the, the bottom step and just let them go down one step and then pick them up, let them go down two steps, and you just sort of, it's called back chaining. It's a great thing to do. Um, or we you also could do what Ken and I did with Deegan, and that's not teach them stairs until they're yeah. older, and then you don't have to worry about them going downstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually quite effective. Yeah. Um, there's something that I just saw one of the questions go by. Let's ju- well, I want to dive into a couple of these questions and um, see what we can... So I like this one. Deep Mindfulness Collective, often a passenger here on the train station. It says, we live in Brooklyn, New York City. Very cool. I think uh, Brooklyn's a, very, a beautiful uh, city. Um, we exposed her to 100 things, but we forgot steps. So now she's afraid of curbs and any sets of steps, not climbing them, their existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as uh, he, Deep Mindfulness Collection mentions that, Caroline drops a super sticker. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you for the super sticker. Very cool. And the, the keep it up. And the um, Caroline, maybe. Could be Caroline. Caroline or Carolyn. Caroline. I think you're right. I think it's Caroline. Caroline. You're right. Yeah. I apologize, Caroline. (laughs) Um, So, uh, She's going to get us five bucks. We need to say her name right. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So um, Deep Mindfulness Collective, this is exactly what we're talking about. It's amazing. You'll quickly discover some of the things you might have missed. The nice Mm -hmm. part is that if you're working with your dog, going out, doing these things, focusing on, you know, what what sort of progress do I need to make? What steps forward, pardon the pun, do I need to make with this dog? You can identify those things early and then train through them, making it as, as positive an experience as it can be. 
Um, I want to jump to this one just for a second. Sylvia says, hmm. how can you train your dog to get uh, to, to get into the car? He is super anxious and barks in the car. Mm-hmm. So this is something that we get occasionally. We'll talk to our students a little bit about um, if they have a dog who barks incessantly in the crate and, you know, get, just gets really wound up in the crate. Break it down a little bit. Get your dog in. Number one, get them in a situation position where, uh, and I'm not sure whether you're going into a crate in the car, but if your dog, make sure your dog's restrained somehow. If your dog's already stressed, the last thing you want is the dog moving around the cabin of the Mm -hmm. vehicle. Mm -hmm. But um, just open the doors. Allow the dog to go in and then feed them. Reward them when it's not moving. Then maybe the next step for you might be go and start the car. Turn the radio on. Change something. Make it a little bit more immersive. And then reward the dog for being good. You know, address uh, the, the whatever the negative behaviors. Maybe you just replace them back back into their position. And, well, you've had a lot of success the good with stuff. Um, having people because there's lots of dogs that have anxiety with the car. That's actually really not that uncommon. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of success with um, some of our students feeding them their meals in the car without the car on, like right. I suggested, taking them out. And for some dogs that are actually really worried, even just letting them eat the food near the car outside, like don't even go in the car to begin with, and then if can get them to the point where they're in the car and then out of the car but all while the car's not on um, typically it makes it a little bit easier um, if your dog starts to become more confident with the car typically the barking will subside usually sometimes barking is because the dogs are excited or maybe because they're a little bit worried or unsure and so if you change their thought process of how they feel when they're in the car often the the barking will subside um, so Uh, It's best to also, if you have a dog, this is also for dogs that are car sick as well, to eventually go for short car rides um, more often rather than longer car rides, um, which can be a little bit scarier for them. Yeah, yeah, and treat it like a training moment. You know, it's hard when, and this is something we'll talk about in just a couple of minutes, it's difficult when you're you're always struggling because you're in the moment and you don't have an opportunity to train your dog, whether mm-hmm. that means, you know, the, uh, whatever, barking around other dogs or uh, whatever the situation is, somebody rings the doorbell. It's hard because... Number one, it's uh, unpredictable. It happens, and then you have to reactively deal yeah. with it. Um, uh, but the, the real challenge there is that you can't control some of these things. So what you de- mm-hmm. what you do need to do is set the situation up as a training situation. So for the doorbell, I'm going to maybe get my neighbor or mm-hmm. one of us will go outside and ring the doorbell. Uh, for the uh, instance where you're dealing with in the car, set it up because if you need to take your dog to somewhere, wherever you're going, um, it's tough because you number one you need to get to that place mm-hmm. and your attention is not on your dog and it certainly isn't on your dog training and it's not good information for your dog so Break it down a little bit. Spend some of your training time break focusing on break it down, uh, focusing on those challenges. Um, let's see. Okay, I want to answer this question, Lady Matriarch. Uh, better summarize. I need help with kids and puppies. I have a three-year-old, three-year-old, and a nine-month-old human babies. Uh, my five-month-old GSD and it's her, funny that we have to specify her that. house line is dangerous. She's rough and rowdy. Please help. Mm. Now, what this is a common uh, uh, question or a conversation we have with, and we actually have a couple of instructors right now with little ones um, as well. They have puppies, so I mean, they would probably. Uh, give go to great lengths uh, uh, answering this question but what mm-hmm. do we normally suggest to those people um separation and obviously you're not going to put your kids in a crate <laughs> 
put them away. Right. They obviously get the right of the house. Um, but yeah, it can be really difficult, especially if you have a house line on and the puppy moving around. But it's going to be even more mayhem if you have a five-month-old puppy that's not on leash and two young kids moving around. Because if the puppy is jumping on them or you know, is nipping or biting or stealing toys or whatever they're doing and you don't have a leash attached, you're not going to be able to safely and effectively um, reduce that behavior. Um, so um, separation is going to be really important. You know, um, when the kids are out and doing things, then, you know, puppy may maybe needs to be on the other side of a baby gate or maybe in a crate or when the puppy is out with the kids, maybe the leash needs to be in your hand for now until you're able to, um, you know, have a little bit more training. Um, you got to get this puppy some training as well. So, you know, yeah. five months old, it's ready now to work on yeah. response to name and being on a loose leash and learning about not jumping up and um, a leave it command, all of those things are so so important to be really focusing on so that you have some skills to use when this puppy is around the kids um the most important thing to bide you the time between now and the puppy maybe isn't trained to when the puppy is is um Re try not to let the puppy rehearse bad behavior so you need to really diminish the roughhousing or the nipping and the biting and really the only way to do that is to immobilize the puppy with the leash or to um, do more separation to allow you to not have the behavior rehearse 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 because then it's going to be a lot harder to fix but I do not envy you having two young kids and yeah, a, a puppy that is definitely um, that's a tall order to, to go for sure sometimes puppies are going to take the backseat a little bit that's just how it's going to be um don't feel guilty just do the best you can hawaii 5 dropping oh. a super chat very cool um and it's neat that it's that, that one is yellow Isn't yeah kind of cool uh, how appropriate hawaii 5 thank you for thank you. the super chat and we love hawaii yeah we got married there not that long ago actually almost a year ago yeah and deegan's coming and rolling in on the train very cool. popular today. Okay, so uh, Hawaii Five O asks, uh, says, Aloha, uh, and asks, our, our seven-month-old Rottweiler, very well-bred pup, has developed stranger danger. She attends puppy daycare. We have a routine and take her everywhere. Coco needs your help. Well, her parents do. So um, it's that's a little bit nonspecific, but let's talk a little bit about... Um, I worry sometimes about giving information specific to dogs that are reactive, whether it's to other dogs or to people, because if not knowing well, the specific situation. first of all, could, could you maybe let us know when you say stranger danger, is the puppy shying away or is the puppy re being reactive? Because yeah, it's kind of hard to tell um, because the response that we give you is very dependent yeah. on what's you know what? happening there. Let's um, maybe we can focus. And as long as it's not like reactive barking at um, uh, people, like trying to get them, um, why don't we why don't we talk yes, oh, yes shy, shy. okay okay this is great so let's let's maybe talk a little bit about yeah that. um it can be really difficult i think um i would be a little bit careful about daycare and sort of what kind of um experiences the puppy is having there uh, and I just like, hold that thought yes because monica torres is bringing Deegan back out. Yes. See, I like how this goes. This is randomized, I promise. But Deegan That's is hilarious. my favorite one to come out. Okay, we'll answer Monica's question in just a moment. Um, yeah, just be careful about daycare. Make sure that um, if you are going to be utilizing a service like that, be right. really careful about what's happening with the puppy, um, you know, in day-to-day -day circumstances in terms of the dog with other people and, of course, your dog with other dogs. Um, sometimes situations um, like that, like daycare or... Um, uh, 
play parks or whatever, they can sometimes make it worse before it makes it better. I think having a routine is really important. And I think taking the, the puppy lots of places is important, provided that those experiences are going to be really good. Right. Um, we've actually had um, a, a few Shire dogs um, in our classes lately. And um, one of the things that we have found to be really helpful with pulling these puppies out of their show, I'm thinking of like Nellie in our Tuesday yep. class and yep. how just like strides that dog's made in a yeah. couple weeks. Yeah. Um, Number one is, you know, the information that you give a dog that's a little bit worried or unsure, it needs to be super clear and super important because, um, you know, having a dog that feels that their person, you know, has things under control really can help their confidence. Um, the other thing that has worked really well with this other dog is, you know, instead of going up and like kind of push ourselves on her to say hello, which was really too much for her when she first started coming to classes, she would actually growl and shy away. We would just sort of stand nearby and we would toss food at her. You know, from like 15, 20 feet away, and she kind of look at us and then get the food up as if to say, eh, I don't know about that. And we just sort of we gave her her space, and we were very uh, quiet and calm around her. And then, you know, what do we know? We had high value food when we did it. Um, towards the end of the very first class, the dogs just sort of assumed that she was going to get food, and she actually came right up to me. And um, instructing people and how to interact with your puppy is also really important so yeah this is really important yeah try not to to face um like if the person let's you know what this is a great opportunity yeah we can show to head on over this is actually good for everybody on how to greet a dog because a lot of people say hello to dogs not in a way that sets the dog up for success so yeah whether your dog is anxious or unsure or whether your dog is not this is going to be good i'm gonna have to toot again um, okay, let's head on over to the train station. We can talk a little bit about introducing your dog to, uh, to people. Also, a little bit about your expectations and, and maybe what, what information you can communicate with people uh, when they do come up to greet your dog. And Monica, we will get to, it will just be uh, to your question in just a moment. Let's head on over. What? Hello, hello? Okay, come here. So, B obviously is not worried about Ken, so I want you to use your imagination. Um, but I, I do want to draw one thing. Sometimes what happens is if people approach the dog, just approach me for a second, a lot of time people end up doing this because they're apprehensive about, you know, what's going to happen. And if somebody approaches and I have an unsure dog and I automatically start to pull on her leash, she's going to sense that I'm stressed and that's going to deliver right down to the leash. And that's not a very good idea for me to do. So the best thing for me to do, I'm just going to give you a couple pieces of food here, is have somebody just throw some food towards her just on the floor to let her get it. Good girl. Get it. Get it. Get it. Good girl. Just so she doesn't have to go towards that person. Get it. Good. Here it is. Here. Get it. I know this carpet's hard to see the food. I, know. I now, can't even see it. If the dog starts to get more comfortable with this, and again, this might not happen in, this, in the same training session. Um, so what the person could do is just approach the dog, turn their body just to the side, put some food in their hand, one or two pieces, and just outstretch their hand and let the puppy take a hold of the food, okay? And this body language is extremely important. Just turn and face her. When we're face on from the dog, and especially if somebody's bending over top, that is very, very intimidating. And again, if I had a dog- Especially for a worried dog. A dog yeah. that's already like, oh, I don't know about this. For a worried dog. But if you didn't have a worried dog, when I bend over and do this, I have a dog that's more prone to jump, that will actually encourage the jumping as well. So turning the body away and just rewarding that way is really important. When that happens, 
me as the handler who has the leash on the dog, again, I'm not going to be pulling back tight. I'm just going to let the puppy, uh, the dog be on a loose leash and I'm going to praise the dog in a very calm voice. Good girl. That's it. That's it. What I don't want to do is if she's worried, go, it's okay, girly. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And be speaking to her in that tone because basically I'm saying, be worried. Good girl. I like when you're worried. So the tone of my voice and the type of voice that I use for the dog is also very important as well. Oh, dropping the super chat. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we'll wrap this up. So this is what I would sort of start with. And if this in itself is not comfortable enough for your dog, just have them throw some food at her to begin with, just to sort of get her comfortable with that. Okay. Good girl. Good, and don't rush the process. If you're not sure, you don't want to, uh, oh, I think Beeline's inhaled one of these, these little treats. Um, don't rush the process. If you're not sure if, you're, uh, if your dog is ready for it, uh, then take your time. You know, it's not a race, that's for sure. Okay, uh, until I need to toot again, we're, we're back over here. Uh, okay, we let's have talk another to one Monica. That we have to... Yeah, Monica had a good question. Any t oh, so Monica, this is perfect. This Saturday's video is for you. You're going to enjoy it. But any tips for helping my small breed pups confidence in new places when other people try to immediately come up <laughs> with their dog and say hi, personal space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a real challenge. Um, and with a small breed dog, you there there may be situations and you know, a lot of people say like, oh, don't pick that dog up. Don't you know, don't lift that dog up off the ground. But there may be situations mm -hmm. where to avoid a situation like that, you might need to take your dog up and I remove yourself 100% remove up. yourself from that situation. Yeah. Um, you need to focus on your your puppy's confidence so you might work uh you know in those areas with if you can set the situation up with less people around so that you can do something positive for that puppy or spend even more time just uh being around uh wherever at home rewarding your dog for confidently moving away uh you know from your home toward whatever the, the the location is but you have you really don't have control of other dogs so you need to avoid those situations mm -hmm. where you think it could happen that's really what i want you to take away from this um it, it, you can do all the coaching you want but people, oh, my dog's friendly it's fine he's friendly and then you find out that he's not friendly mm -hmm. so don't allow your dog to be in these situations especially when you've got a small breed dog i think it's important to remember like as humans can you imagine if like you're at the mall or the grocery store and like just random people just kept coming up and like getting in your personal space and hugging you and jumping on you and doing all those things like you know, it's not really the best idea for your dog to get mauled by all all people and all dogs in every situation they go to. Some dogs just don't like that. Other dogs live yeah. for it. Other dogs don't like it or they're not ready for that yet. So our job as the owner is to assess the situation and decide, is this situation going to be beneficial for my dog and beneficial for me and my dog's relationship? Because if I already have a dog that's a bit unsure, or maybe I have a dog that's a bully, or maybe I have a dog that is a reactive dog, and I'm putting them in a situation where they're going to feel like they need to react in any way, um, I'm setting my my dog up for failure. So not that we're going to like hide our dogs from the world and like never let them see anything. You need to find that happy medium. But, you know, I always say... You know, I choose my dog's friends wisely. I absolutely want my dogs to be friendly with other dogs. I want them to be friendly with people. I don't ever want them to leave me and go to another dog or a person without my permission so that I can assess to say, yes, I feel this is safe for you and this is good for you or no, I don't. Um, but if I'm going to expose my dog to people 
um, or dogs, then I'm going to evaluate whether I think that that dog's going to be a good match for mine. So if I have a dog that's maybe a little bit more bashful, or if I have a dog that's maybe the opposite, that's like a real, you know, rough player, I am not going to match a rough player with a softie. Um, you know, and, and this has nothing to do with size this of dog. This has right. nothing to do with breed of dog. Yeah. This has to do with the demeanor of the dog. So if I'm trying to boost my dog's confidence, I'm not going to throw them in the pack of dogs that's like wild and crazy because that's just going to really make it worse. So pick and choose your dog's friends wisely. Um, the same thing goes for people. If I have a dog that's a bit apprehensive, I'm going to be careful about, you know, people with beards, people with big hats, people that are riding a bike, people that are opening an umbrella, you know, things and, that and are it very may sound new. funny. It may sound funny, but these are the exactly the things mm-hmm. that we see dogs react unusually yeah. to or unexpectedly to. I'm going to say to myself, okay, you've never seen a person walking with big boots and an umbrella before, or you've never seen somebody wearing those big fuzzy hats in the winter. So I'm going to be, you know, supportive and, and helpful for the puppy to say, it's just a person under there, nothing to be scared about, um, and to help them through. So, you know, we have to really be our dog's best advocate. I just, I feel like you set me up to buy a big fuzzy hat. We have a big fuzzy hat, sweetie. Oh. In fact, wait there. Oh, okay. Uh, because if you need it for training, big fuzzy hats are the thing to get your dog used to. Um, so I, I think that was you, that answered the question pretty well. Um, and again, as I mentioned um, earlier, we have a, a small breed puppy video coming out on Saturday, Monica. That's going to be pretty helpful for you. Um, oh wow, this is perfect. So if your dog's afraid of this, I don't know why they would be. <laughs> Isn't this, look at how terrifying it looks. You know where I got this hat? I have no idea. In Finland. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is it made of reindeer or something? I hope not. Oh, I don't know. It's fake, oh. but it's extremely warm and extremely comfortable. And extremely fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Touch it. Just give it a pet. Nice, I think, eh? I, I think I just saw this thing wag when I did that. <laughs> Camilla uh, asks, my three-month-old Aussie pup loves people but is scared of other dogs. How much socialization does she need? How often should I take her to see other dogs? I'm in grade six, and she's my uh, she's my first puppy. Uh, Daniela's my mom. Oh, nice. Oh, very cool. So uh, for Camilla, uh, it's I don't want you to think about uh, like a finite, a specific number of um, uh, uh, of introductions. It's going to be all about working so that your dog, your puppy's comfortable, uh, three month old Aussie pup. So that three month old Aussie pup is comfortable when you and your mom are working with, uh, whatever situation you're working with, uh, whatever thing you're practicing, make sure you, the focus is the dog. So I want you to go out and maybe be uh, outside of like a dog park or, or like a fenced off area so that your dog has some separation. As long as your puppy's comfortable, then you've, you're moving forward. It's not about the amount of times that you interact or engage with other dogs. And I'll tell you that uh, you, ro- that's rolling the dice. If you are taking a chance by like uh, introducing your dog to as many dogs as you can, at some point things are going to go r- wrong and it's going to get so much worse for your Aussie pup. I want you to really think about working with that dog to build their confidence before they that you introduce them to other dogs working you know maybe there'll be like a playmate that you find uh you know a little ways down the road kale just talked about play styles that's going to yeah. be really really important for you and your puppy uh is finding another dog that has an appropriate play style but at all costs avoid any uh, other dog that's maybe uh like uh, our lab is big and like chesty bounces into other dogs and loves like rough mm-hmm. and tumble kind of play avoid that situation at all costs so i really want you to focus on get, building your puppy's confidence 
uh, without other dogs being around, but maybe, uh, you know, working on <coughs> like walking on leash <coughs> or sits and stays in an area where there may be some other dogs around. Yeah. And honestly, your, your dog's so young <coughs> at this point, you know, just building confidence yeah, sure. in the relationship with you sometimes will just really help everything all around because the dog will just have more worldly experience and more confidence and that will, um, that will help it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness gracious. It is Brenna Stone dropping the 999 Super Chat. Here is uh, Beeline just going for a little lubby, train lubby, ride. Lubby, lubby, No big deal. Um, thank you for the Super Chat, uh, Brenna Stone. So I'm getting an ESA for PTSD. Is it possible to train a dog to be aggressive and bark when an intruder comes into your home, but also train them to be kind to be kind to, to familiar people and family members. Now, this is, Brenda, this is not something that we do. We don't teach any protection work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of like the working and the dogs and the service dogs, they do condition them and whether it's on a command or uh, otherwise, I can't say for sure. Um, but I, what I'll tell you. Is it possible? Yes. It's possible for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's not something that we would teach. Uh, but I'll tell you that the foundation, I have friends that are police dog handlers. Um, we've also, you know, uh, know instructors who uh, teach that, that kind of thing, uh, like the bite work and all that stuff. The foundation is the skills. The foundation, socialization is exactly the same for those dogs. Mm-hmm. Those things, the, the, the behaviors that you're talking about are sets of skills that are taught to the dog so that it's, it's like it's trick training. Mm-hmm. I know it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it, you might not like think of it there, that way. It's trick training. There are certain trainers that, that work specifically on um, your exact situation where you can train yeah. your dog to, to be able to you know, protect you, but also will understand, you know, not to be reactive with people that they know, um, you know, in a less um, intense situation, you know, I don't mind if my dogs bark when people come in the house or knock at the door, especially, you know, if I'm home alone, it certainly makes me feel safe. But at the same time, I want the ability to be like, okay, quiet, like I know this person, or it's just someone dropping off takeout or something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, but for your situation, I do think that it's important that you have a dog that's actually specifically trained to do this so that, um, you know, that you can feel safe and that also it can be um, familiar to your pe- your people, um, family members, whatnot. So, yeah, uh, I think that's yeah, good. Yeah, summarizes it yeah. well. Um, what, else, what else do we have on tap for maybe to, – oh, you know what? Um, this is good. Yeah, and maybe we can talk about introducing your dogs to people, like how, how we would introduce dogs to people with big hats, or uh, and maybe I'll get to wear the hat. That's really where I'm taking this mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, and to not jump up on people, maybe that sort of thing. Yeah, um, well, this sort of goes in well with this, I think. Okay. Um, so one of the other things that we wanted to sort of talk to you about is – you know, if you're letting your dog go and greet a lot of dogs on the street and they're pulling on their leash to do so, or maybe you're letting your dogs play when it's time to stop the play, you go to call them back and your dog's not listening. We really want you to remember that those um, go- greeting and playing with other dogs can sometimes be very rewarding and you can use that to your advantage, but at the same time, it also can provide additional challenges for your progression and your training. So, you know, if you're walking your dog and your dog's dragging you towards someone else and they get to go and, you know, jump and play with another dog or they pull you over to someone and they jump up and that person pets them, 
you're essentially rewarding your dog for dragging you, you know, towards another person. So mm-hmm. um, we encourage you to discourage that um, when it comes time to playing with other dogs. If you go to call them and they won't respond to come back, again, you could be really wrecking your recall by teaching your dog, you know, you have to come to me sometimes, but if you're playing with other dogs and I call you, you don't have to respond. So um, we just want to remind everybody that although, you know, going to say hi to people or playing with other dogs can be really, really great at the same time you want to make sure that you're not inadvertently using those things to reward behaviors that you're not looking for such as ignoring your recall and pulling on the leash um that brings me to our next thing and that is working a little bit on socializing your dog with people um and again socializing doesn't necessarily mean that your dog has a problem with people it could mean that your dog's obnoxious around people because they're just so darn excited so you can go either way with this we've had both types of dogs we've had dogs that have been right. apprehensive with yep. people we've had dogs that have been submissively peers when they see people we've had dogs that have been wild and crazy wanting to jump all over people when they see people we have seen it all and even in our own household we've had totally different reactions to people um and kind of how we address it is um is very similar um you know teaching the dog to do an alternate behavior like sitting on a loose leash in order to be uh greeted um having us reward the dog like our, our own person reward our dog as somebody comes close and then also too um Maybe having somebody approach and them be the one to reward the dog for sitting or being on a loose leash or all can be really helpful things. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of really good questions. And this is something that um, I think uh, Melinda Kelleher, who we know. Yeah. Uh, Melinda says, do you put playing with other dogs on a command? Yeah, I do. It's go play. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Which and is basically, not very, very uh, creative, yeah, basically, but it makes a lot of sense. It's a release term or a yeah. release command we just allow the dog knows that they get to go do something with another dog. it's basically like it's like our okay essentially yeah um so it's not the dog isn't uh, required to go and engage and interact with those other dogs but what it means is you don't have to listen to me at this point yeah. you can just go and uh, do whatever you feel you want to yeah do. in fact in our puppy classes so in our head start classes um our puppy class is called head start basically it's all preventative um, exercises to make sure that dogs aren't developing issues. Um, But we do a little play session where we let the puppies play with the other puppies. And we teach this right from 10 weeks old. We have the puppies on a long line. We uh, bring them out to the middle of the room. We focus the puppy on us with some treats and we work some eye contact. We hold their collar, we get them calm. And then we say, go play. And we let them go and play with the other puppies. And every couple minutes, we go out, step on the long lines, pull the puppies away from each other, practice a little recall, get the puppies engaged, get the eye contact back. And then after a few moments, go play. And we send them out, we call them back. We send them out, we call them back. Um, When they're puppies though, they don't have a recall trained yet. So this is the training process. We automatically go in stop them from the play, redirect them using the line, get some high, high, high value treats, and then redirect their focus on us. And when the puppies start to learn within just a couple of repetitions that when mom or dad start coming, great things happen. She's coming with treats, she's coming with goods, and the puppies will actually start to turn and say, hey mom, what's happening? And we're teaching the dog, yes, playing is good, but at the end of the day, coming back to me is even more important. Um, And so we start that right from the beginning so that our dogs aren't learning to ignore us and take off on us. 
us. Yeah, and the circles back around. These are found. This is the foundation, guys. When we talked about the foundational steps, skills, and steps you want to focus on with training your puppy, your young dog, and training your dog that's new to you. It's the foundational stuff, and mm-hmm. you can see how we're continually setting the dog up to be right. So that it's not a question of how tough that distraction is. It's a question of how rewarding you are and yeah. how much value you've placed on turning when the dog hears their name uh, uh, or, or on the recall command or whatever exercise yeah. you're working on. I really have to toot. I think we should head on over to the train station and maybe okay. work on that, introducing people to, uh, to, uh, to dogs to people. I just wanted to say I really uh, have to toot. I, I, you I, got, tell, I got And you're, you're slow to respond. I got And then it more difficult. For like a very small second, I forgot we were on live stream and I thought <laughs> that maybe like you were telling me that and I was... I don't know. I just That'd be had a weird thing to I, say. I it? just had like a bit of a moment there. Yeah. I'm sure if it's I watch right. back, I'll see my face in that moment and like, be like, oh, there it connecting is. The, yeah, connecting the where I had the that thoughts. Moment. Yeah. Okay. So who are you going to bring out? Who yeah. do you think? So this would be for you guys who are thinking about um, socialization with your uh, introducing your puppy or dog to people, to being around people, being introduced to people. What's a, what's a good way to do that? Um, and it's something that we uh, do a lot in our classes because we know the value hi buddy uh we know the value of this uh because it's an everyday functional skill it's also for you those of you guys who are working on those foundational stuff it's exactly what you need to be working on mac that'll do so we have our we have our herding dog out who is who has no zero has zero obedience training. So this will be kind of fun. But well, uh, he does have obedience training with a little bit. Like, I mean, he knows resp- yeah, he has a response to the name and, and a recall, but it's his recall is that'll do. So it's a little bit different. With no further ado, why don't we head on over to the train station? Okay, we chose Max specifically because he hasn't really gone through much obedience training, and I'm hoping that he is not going to do what he's supposed to do so that I can actually show you what to do with a dog that's not as um, trained. So if we're trying to teach our dogs how to behave around other people, especially how to learn to listen to us around people, we actually like to start off by having them be um, totally successful. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to encourage Mac to sit, who actually he defaulted into a sit already. And before I start giving him treats, I'm going to make sure that my leash is loose. Now I have several pieces of food ready. And in a moment, Ken's going to approach me. And as he does, I'm going to focus on Mac and I'm going to focus sit. Good boy. Good sit. Good boy, I'm gonna focus on rewarding him for sitting. Good, sit, sit, yes, good boy. And then I'm gonna have Mac, um, what is your name? <laughs> Ken, walk away. Good, yes, okay, so we just start off by having somebody come in close and then moving away to make it easier. Now, Ken's moved away, I've stopped rewarding because I want the best part to be when he's focused and somebody comes close. Okay, come back again. Good, sit, good boy, sit, good, sit, yes, good, sit. Yes, good, sit, okay, walk away, sit, yes, good boy, okay, both times he's very, very successful. Now, um, if he was to make a mistake and he was to get up, okay, come back for a second, I'm going to let him make an error. If he was to get up and get out of that sit position, I would just take the leash, I would encourage him back into that sit, then I would put the slack back in the leash so the leash was loose once again, that's my boy, and then I could reward from there, his face is absolutely he's, he's just like. We're training. We're training. Excuse me. Okay. The next step is letting Mac go and greet. So I might say to him, so just like I let him go and uh, play with other dogs, I would say, go play. I would say, here, Mac. Go see. Go say hi. (laughs) Quiet. Quiet. Go say hi. Good boy. Good. Go say hi. Now I'm going to let him go say hi. And after he's been greeting for a few moments, 
I'm going to teach him to come back to me when he's called. So I have food in my hand. Again, notice my leash is loose. I'm going to say, Mac. Yes, good boy. I'm going to call his name and then I'm going to use the food to draw him away from that distraction. So when I'm training this, teaching this, I'm not saying Mac and then hoping that he turns. That would be me testing him. I'm training him. So I'm showing him what I want him to do. So I'm going to give you some food so you can reward him for coming close. Go say hi. Good. Mac. Yes, good boy. Now, he didn't turn as quickly that time, and you'll notice I didn't say yes as early. I waited until I had some attention from him before I said yes, and I would just repeat this process several times. Mac, yes, good boy. So I'm saying his name, and I'm showing him how to turn away from that person. Mac, Yes, good boy. So how snappy. You can see how much yeah. faster. He's getting faster every time. So I actually think that I could maybe try testing him here. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to let him. Yes, Matt, good boy. I'm going to let him go and say hi to Ken. And after, ah, 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 don't jump. Ah, that boy. After he's had a few moments to say hello, yes, that's a good choice. I'm going to call his name on a loose leash and I'm not going to show him treats. If he turns independently, yes, good boy. If he turns independently, I am going to throw a party. I'm going to back away and I'm going to reward very generously. If he doesn't turn, though, I'm going to repeat his name, use a bit of food, and I'm going to go back to helping him. Obviously, if he doesn't pass the test, it means he's not quite ready to be tested because I've only done a couple repetitions here. So let's see what he does. Okay, go say hi. Feline, be quiet. Mac. Yes! Good boy! Good boy! That was excellent. Now you'll notice when I'm feeding him, I'm feeding him for being attentive to me. Yes, Mackie, good boy! Okay. Yay! Good for you! Yes. Now, if you have a dog that might do some jumping as they go to say hello, you might need to be ready to use an off. Now we actually talked about this two weeks ago on live stream, but if he was to go to jump up on Ken, I don't know if he'll will, though, because he's been trained not to jump up. But if he did go to jump up, will you jump up? Here, no. up. No. He's like, I know, he's also been, I, he's I been know rewarded, what's going on he's here. He's been rewarded so many times in that yeah. set that he's If like, he oh, did go it. to jump up, I would tell him off, and I would just use the leash to get him back out, down onto the floor, and then I would reward. But again, like we said, what we're trying to do is set the dog up for success. So rather than walk him up and let him jump, I'm going to move up and work sit. Good boy. Off. Good off. Yes, good boy. Maybe Ken will pet him while he's holding it off. Good boy. Good off. Yes. And, and this good is really boy. important for you yes. as you're working with getting your dog introduced to other people. Yes. You need to coach those other people, those strangers on your yes. walk. Say, you know what? I'm actually working on this right now, My introducing my dog to new people. Can you help me for a moment? Yes. And that helper, that person, doesn't need to go diving in over top, petting your dog, making it even more yes. difficult for them. And by giving them that information, telling them that I need, can you yes. help me train my dog? they're less likely to have that exaggerated response. They'll be like, okay, what do you want me to do? Yeah. They'll be really interested. So really uh, do your best to give uh, your helpers that kind of information. There's two other things that are really important about what I'm doing here that I didn't really draw a lot of attention to. Number one, I have pretty good treats in my pocket. So they're pretty high value. If you're using kibble or dog biscuits or things that are low value, it's quite possible that your dog's going to choose people over top of your treats. So I have some pretty good treats here. The second thing that's important is that I am not tightening the leash 
when he's being good. So as he's sitting and holding here, look how loose my leash is. Why this is such an important step is that later on, my goal is that I don't need to have a leash on my dog. You know, my dog's loose in the house and I get to the point where it's trained enough. Here, bud, sit that I don't need to have a leash on. I want my dog to have learned to do this without me having to pull. The dog's not really learning if I have the dog being pulled back on a tight leash. So if I need to do that to stop the dog, I will, but then I must put slack in the leash so the dog is sitting on their own free will so he has a choice. He can either get up or he can remain sitting and I will address those two behaviors differently, but I'm gonna try my best to get him to choose this by making it easier. If someone was right here and it was too distracting, I wouldn't practice my sit right next to somebody. I would encourage my dog further away, sit. And I would work my sit further until he was able to be successful in his choices. And if he was successful here, okay, I would then move closer to that distraction and build on success, make it harder if he was ready for it. And how do I know that he's ready for it? He's making good choices. The dog, it's gonna be really easy to see whether you're ready to make it harder or not. Well, aren't you brilliant? Good boy. Well, the herding dog's got a chance. It's like some, he's got well, some training. Well Good yeah. boy. I think also he likes treats. Yes, I okay. say so. Okay. Wait. Kale's dropping knowledge here in the train station. You know, just for that. I'm going to toot one more time. Um, you guys know that we uh, often do... We have, a, we have an anchor channel. Basically, we have a I have two pod, we have two podcasts. One's a McCann Dogs podcast that we publish. Um, we haven't published season started season two yet, but um, we used to publish on a weekly basis. We also have our uh, train station replay. So look for that in the Apple Podcast Store, or, uh, Anchor, or on Spotify, or all the places you listen to podcasts. But what we do is we actually you'll see in the description of this video. Um, we want you guys to send in your questions. Because if we, do, if we have an opportunity at the end of the train station to uh, answer these specific questions that you guys send to us. So I'm going to drag, I'm going to bring out the anchor questions, see if there's some questions in here for us. So there is a whole lot. So maybe we'll just do. While you're doing that, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, if you're close by and you ever want to come in and check out our facility or our dog training school, yeah. we have, um, we allow spectators to come in and watch in and sit in our classes completely free of right. charge. You can come in and watch our puppy classes. We have grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, all with various um, different levels. But I know a lot of you guys are from like nowhere near our neck of the woods. Um, so if you uh, check out our homeschool program, you yeah. absolutely can get more in-depth information on how to train your dog step-by-step -step with one of our instructors. Um, you'll see our faces quite a bit as well. This lovely face. Um, and uh, we can help you with with whatever you want to work on with your dog, um, even if you're not near us. It's all online. For sure. So, and with uh, all that's going on in the world right now, you might have a little bit more time. Yeah, maybe you don't want to work come in your dog training. <laughs> And you'll want to hang out at home, but that's how we can uh, train with you. But so the first question is from Melanie. Let's see what Melanie has to ask here. Where's my volume on? Yes, hello. My name is Melanie, um, and we're in the process of thinking about getting a puppy. But one of my main concerns is that I have balance issues. Have you ever adapted your um, puppy training skills to work with someone that does have um, a disability? Thank you. Yeah, we mm -hmm. have, in fact. Lots of times. Yeah, we had to make uh, all kinds of different uh, changes, alterations to what we're working on uh, with people depending on their needs. Because ultimately, 
the information we give you needs to work for you and your dog. That's really our focus. Mm -hmm. So one thing that immediately springs to mind now, uh, using a leash or a long line, I know there might be some, uh, you know, she'll have to be careful about like whether she's got a cane or a walker with a leash or a long line, but it's going to be really important to have that leash or a long line on her puppy mm -hmm. so that she can uh, get control if she needs to. Something that I would for sure be working on, and you'll see it in uh, our, what is it, Teach Your Dog, uh, How to Get Better Control of Your Dog or something like mm -hmm. that video. With the collar. With the collar, mm -hmm. yeah. So we can talk a little bit about the collar grab yeah. and how that would work for her. Yeah, and this is good for everybody, but especially if you have balance issues and you need to even hold on to the dog or get the dog close to you, we really find it is just so important to teach the dog to be very comfortable and confident in coming in close so we can take a hold of their collar, especially if we need to pick the puppy up, hook the leash on whatever I need and we find a lot of dogs that don't have a lot of this training when we reach out to take a hold of the puppy to get control or to um, hook a leash on dogs will either get nippy or bitey or will jump away and we don't want that happening especially right. if you have balance issues or you need to get the puppy close that needs to be something that just happens effortlessly um, so yeah um, Dan's dropped that link in the, um, yeah. in the comments now about teaching how to get more control with building more value and taking the call um, and the other thing too is although we have like sort of a structure on how we do things in terms of what hand we use, what what voice, you know, what command we use, how we move our body because we know it gets best results, there's all kinds of little changes that we can make. We have all kinds of students that, um, you know, have some type of a challenge or disability sure. of some sort and um, we, we can just work around that. What's so cool about dogs is they are extremely adaptable and um, very, very, very smart. So as long as the information is clear and concise, um, you know, we can do all kinds of outside the box uh, training and that's, sure. um, it's actually really, really cool to see the dogs um, figure things out uh, in that regard. It's it's awesome. Um, I know I'd seen a question on one of our videos or a comment on one of our videos that said like, well, this isn't going to work for me because you're telling the dog to walk in your left hand side but I want the dog to walk on the right mm. think outside the box a little bit yeah. guys you just apply those same skills the same practices to the other side and yeah. if that's a, you know one of the challenges that you have you can definitely modify these skills uh, so that they work for you but I love that one about uh, teaching building tons of reinforcement for the dog coming in close because mm -hmm. in that situation you could actually have a dog that comes to you to give you their leash to take them for a walk yeah, like these totally. are the, it's a skill that, um, that it's, it's fun to teach but it's so functional Okay, one more question. Um, this is from Wendy. Andrea Dreyer says, I'm a homeschool student and love it. My question yeah. is, I have a five-month-old lab. We're doing pretty well, um, doing well on the leash, the but any greeting on or off leash at home or on a walk, he wants to jump on the person. He does mm -hmm. stop pretty quickly. Um, so far, the best I can do is stand on his leash or try to get him to eat a treat, but it's just exhausting. And also, he's a licker, so if he does sit nicely to get pet, he's licking or standing back up. He just has a hard time sitting, lab life. getting pet lab, nice, lab and problems. not licking people. And he then people have totally a hard time ferocious. too. So, <laughs> yeah. thanks if you can answer. Okay, that was a really good question from Wendy. Really a huge thank you to Jedi of the Republic. Um, so let's let's answer this, and we'll jump to Jedi's question. Thank really you, Jedi. Quickly. So um, jumping up, uh, meeting and greeting dogs, uh, meeting and greeting people. We, that's a big part of what we talked about here. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of what we showed and talked about there is really does answer the question. Um, and I think just to build into it, 
catching it early is really important. I think one thing that people don't realize about jumping up is that it's a very self-rewarding behavior. And if the dog is doing a lot of jumping up and then we're pulling the dog off and getting him to sit, well, the crime's already been committed. The dog's already done the jumping. And for some dogs, even though they get pulled off of the person, they're like, ha ha, I already did it. That was so fun. And they just don't care. So the best thing to do is to... um, Try to learn what body language cues your dog is going to get off before oh, they jump. I like um, this. This 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 is good. I like where this oh, is going because wow. this this you allows really, you really did this, like that. This allows you to be proactive about it, and that's what we're always trying to do is figure out how you can be successful earlier. I, so let's talk about this. What are some of the cues that your dog is going to give you, you before me, they jump? You make me laugh with how excited you get sometimes. Oh, I know. I just get pumped when we're like. So <laughs> a couple of things that your dog might do before they uh, jump is they might coil. They might start to wag they might start to tense up their ears will start to come up um you'll know (laughs) you'll get to know it pretty pretty quickly especially if your dog's doing a lot of jumping up and that is when we want you to get your dog into that sit or to be focusing on controlling if you're missing those pre-cue moments and then the dog's jumping up um your timing is going to be a bit off and if that's happening a lot that in itself is going to prevent you from um making changes um and also remember not everybody has to come in and pet your dog so if your dog's being a bit wild and crazy and people are still coming in, still petting them, being close, and just your dog doesn't have any op- opportunity to make a good choice, um, then that can be a, a challenge for them to, to learn. Absolutely. Uh, I want to say hello to Jess from Gone to the Snow hey, Dogs. Jess. Hanging, or out Jamie. Here, hanging out here in the train station. Um, so Jedi of the Republic, the $9 super chat. Thank you for your super chat. Uh, Hey, Ken and Kale, love your channel. It's been a great resource. I've got a question. My six-month-old puppy is very food motivated, but she's still slow at reacting to my commands. Do you have any tips? Mm. So I I asked um, just a follow-up question. Is there a specific skill that you uh, were looking for? Um, Because we can really uh, dive down into that specifically. But let's talk a little bit about getting faster responses. What are some of the the things that we do with our own dogs to get snappier responses? Um, well, I wouldn't be too worried about the dog being uh, too food motivated that much right now because it's only six months old and you want to sort of use that to your advantage. Um, if the dog is really food motivated, but she's slow to reacting commands, then I would be using food with really good timing to back up your command to teach a faster response. So um, kind of like what I showed you with, um, I don't know if you were watching a few minutes ago when I had Mac, our border collie out, but I was teaching him to turn snappy because I was saying his name. And then within one second, I was using the food to lure him towards me. And I think a common mistake that people make is they'll say the command a couple times, they won't get a result, and then they'll use the food to kind of cause the dog to turn and then what's happened is the dog said okay well you're going to say it four or five times and then you're going to show me food so I don't have to turn until you say it four or five times right so the key here if you really want your dog to learn to respond quickly each and every time is only give your dog one command and then follow that command immediately by using some food to help your dog now this is a little bit trickier than it sounds because Although we love food and we love to train our dogs with food initially, we are also big believers in not being dependent on treats. So I don't want to have to carry treats around wherever I go in order to get my dog to listen to me. So timing is super, super crucial. If you're going to use food or or any type of um, lure or reward, it needs to come within one second of you giving the command and not at the same time. So, for example, if I was to put pizza in front of Ken's face. We just talked about pizza at the beginning of the thing because I love pizza. And I had pizza out and I asked him, hey, 
Ken, can you do the dishes? And he had pizza there. Well, he's going to be like, well, of course I'm going to do it because he knows exactly what I'm going to offer him. Yeah. But it would be very different if I was like, hey, hon, can you do the dishes? And then him say yes. And then I'd say, oh. Because of that, I'm going to give you some pizza. Um, Surprise it, pizza. There's no better yeah, pizza. I'm not using. And then you hear in the background, you hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bribing him. I'm using that pizza as a reward. Or I could say, could you do the dishes without presenting the pizza? And then say, hey, if you do, I have this. Then he's going to start to say, ah, oh, this whole doing the dishes thing is really important, which is a horrible example because he actually is really good at doing the dishes, probably better than me. But I was just being a bit like. I guess I was being a bit, um, what's the word? I was assuming your role, which I shouldn't right. have. Right, whatever. You're, it's fine. You're good, it's fine. You're I, think it was a, I think it was a great example. Um, oh, I think and, it was a great example. And, pizza and, and dishes. What yeah, pizza better? and dishes together at last. Um, but it also really reinforces for you. And it, let's talk a little bit about jackpot rewarding. When you get those super snappy turns, you know, and Jetta, did you talk a little bit about that? I don't uh, think you did. No, I didn't go. Yeah, for so it. Jedi of the Republic. If you are, if you're working some skill, and let's say it's the response to name or the sit or whatever the thing is, and you have a moment where your dog does it extra fast, they do, they respond immediately. And normally, you know, it takes them a second to get in that sit, and this time it's half a second. Really let them know that they're making a great choice. You can really, uh, you know, pour on the praise, make a big deal of that success, and even feed them like two, three, four, five treats when you normally give them one. One thing I want. All of you guys to remember is that when you're rewarding your dog rather than presenting like five treats in the cup of your hand and feeding them like a horse feed them those treats one at a time what's so funny feed them like a horse yeah well I, it's it's how I it's how okay, I feed horses. Go on, you're doing a great job. Um, feed them those treats one treat at a time. Really drag out the longevity. They'll see it as more valuable. The the, the reward uh, that they're getting is drawn out a little mm -hmm. bit longer, and they'll feel like it's more valuable than if they get one big mouthful of uh, all of those treats at the mm -hmm. same time. Um, again, you know, really focus on your attitude when you get those super snappy uh, uh, responses. I'd be I'm genuinely excited when my dog is successful. I mean, yeah. you guys have seen Kale train on this channel, and it's even worse. I'm I'm obnoxious. And, and she's obnoxious. And in the best way. That's why you get those super motivated responses from your dog because they connect with that. They're like, wow, you are really excited about me, uh, whatever, walking uh, past that distraction, or you're really excited about me performing that skill that we just did in a What I love is when I see like our watchers like in the flesh, like whether they're at school or wherever. Right. And they say, when I watch your videos, I have to like put my dog away or I have to like turn the volume down because when they hear your voice, right. they yeah. go crazy. That happens a lot. Um, and that's so nice to hear. It really shows you that dogs are so responsive to tone of voice and praise and how you speak and you you know, if you can use it in the right way in your training, it can go such a long way and you don't have to have food as your only resource. For sure. Now, uh, we're in overtime here. I think we had so many great questions. I hope we were able to uh, give you guys a little bit more insight on socialization. We need to say a huge thank you to Dan. Lots of links Luton in the chat. I've seen him going crazy and he's actually activating Spot the Bot. Actually, he's in, the, he's in my bad books right now because oh. he said, Dan, what's it like being the best looking McCann sibling? Oh, wow. You realize I'm reading this, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. That's a good point. <laughs> um, so huge thank you to Dan, the moderator man. He's been helping you guys out in the chat. Also, a thank you to Daniela, to C. Ellis, Caroline, Hawaii Five-O, Monica Torres, Camilla, uh, Brenna, and Jedi of the Republic for the super chats tonight. We know we, we love so hanging out with much, you guys. guys. Um, if you're looking for more training, 
here's your opportunity to actually train with us online. It's our, uh, uh, basically my can 2.0. Yeah. It's, it's our new version of the online training where you get uh, access to the information, but you actually get like support from a, a real dog trainer. Yeah. I think that's really where, uh, you know, this training can make a big difference in a lot of people's mm -hmm. lives. Um, and if this is your first time here on the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe Hopefully button. Hopefully it's not your last. Yeah. And who knows after today's live stream, it got a little out of hand. I can't say whether yeah. or not you'll be back. But if this is your first time on the channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We publish new videos every week to help you to have a well-behaved four-legged family member. Kale's getting warmer. Every other week. That's right. Yeah. Every two weeks. So make sure you click that. When you click the subscribe button, make sure you hit the notification button as well so that you don't miss out on uh, any of our videos. And on that note, I want to thank you guys for watching. I'm Ken. I'm Kale. Happy training. Bye for now, guys.